Due to the graphic nature of this urban legend, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes descriptions of ableism and post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as references to sexual assault. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Yes, you refused medical attention. No, you weren't disturbed or damaged, or any of the labels the new therapist tried to slap you with. Something bad happened, and you dealt with it. You wish everyone would stop asking how you are. How you are is obvious. You're your usual self, and eager to move on. If what happened to you was really as bad as they all said, wouldn't avoiding it in every possible way be the best idea? Except, no, you aren't avoiding it, because you're fine. Here you are, just a day after the so-called trauma, sleeping like a baby. But when you wake up the next day, your head feels strange. Lighter, maybe. You amble into the bathroom and flick on the light. Then, you nearly faint. The vision you see in the mirror isn't you. Or at least, it doesn't feel like you. You are confident, open, ready to move on. But the person staring back at you is exhausted, run down, and paranoid. Strangest of all, they have shock white hair. Welcome to Haunted Places, a ParCast original. I'm Greg Polson. Today's episode is part of our Urban Legends series. Every Tuesday, we explore those chilling stories you hear secondhand, the kind that seem made up, but contain a kernel of truth. Urban Legends is only on Spotify, so keep listening here to never miss an episode. But don't forget to come back each Thursday for a classic episode of Haunted Places, covering yet another ghost-filled locale. You can find episodes of Haunted Places and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. To stream Haunted Places for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Haunted Places in the search bar. Today we examine an urban legend about the intersection between vanity and trauma. The white hair overnight legend is sometimes added as a kind of epilogue to other iconic urban legends, including the boyfriend's death. But white hair overnight isn't just a myth. It's a phenomenon with real-life cases, ones that are much more than just an afterthought. Up next, we investigate a trauma disturbing enough to age you overnight. In his groundbreaking text on trauma, The Body Keeps the Score, Dr. Bessel A. Vanderkolk writes, We have learned that trauma is not just an event that took place sometime in the past. It is also the imprint left by that experience on mind, brain, and body. Trauma leaves scars. Some are more obvious than others. Bones that don't heal right. The telltale wince as a firework cracks through the sky. The wild eyes and constant vigilance. The legend we study today is one of the most archetypal versions of these physical signs. The motif of hair growing white in response to trauma can be found in many cultural traditions. It even has its own entry in the Marvels section of the authoritative catalog of folklore, Stith Thompson's Motif Index of Folk Literature. 
But perhaps the most famous appearance of the trope involves Marie Antoinette's execution. It's said that when she was taken to the guillotine, all her hair was pure white, as if the terror of her impending death faded all the color away the night before. The horror of white hair overnight may just be cosmetic, but it begins with something far worse, a trauma so disturbing that even your hair color will flee in terror. Gretchen and Abby always won the Spirit Award on Twins Day. They didn't really have to try. They had the same hair, the same build, the same style. It wasn't why they were close, but as Abby said, it certainly helped to have a friend who understood the finer points of good fashion. But Abby didn't look like herself today. Her skin was ghastly gray. Her eyes were wide with shock. She walked with a half limp as she wandered down the hall to their locker bay. When Gretchen saw Abby, she was inclined to gloss over it. No one wanted to be reminded that they looked like garbage, least of all a teenage girl. And they especially wouldn't want to hear it from their best friend in the whole world. But there was something about Abby's appearance that Gretchen couldn't ignore. Her hair was a pristine white. It was as if pure snow floated down Abby's shoulders. It was eerily beautiful, almost angelic. The way it contrasted with her thick, dark eyebrows made her look striking, like a superhero or a high fashion model. But the daring hairstyle was clearly at odds with the rest of Abby's disheveled appearance. Gretchen didn't understand why her friend would have taken the time to get an expensive bleach job, especially when she clearly hadn't bothered to do any of the 10-step skin regimen they'd agreed to do together for the rest of their lives. It wasn't like Abby at all. The bell rang for class, but Abby didn't seem to notice as she shuffled over. Gretchen worried to herself that they were going to be late. Normally, if they were tardy, Abby would flip her hair and say, they were always worth the wait. But there was no smile on her face today, no charming confidence. Gretchen couldn't even tell if Abby knew where she was right now. Gretchen nudged her shoulder into Abby's as she finally made it to their lockers. Abby jumped, as though coming out of a trance, and turned the full weight of her panicked stare at Gretchen. Gretchen knew something was very wrong, but she didn't know what to say. Of the two of them, Abby was the social one. She understood people. When kids made fun of them, she was always there with a comeback. She knew the exact way to pop somebody's balloon and build Gretchen back up. But Gretchen could barely manage her own emotions, so she just wrapped both arms around Abby and squeezed her tightly. The white hair was soft as silk against Gretchen's cheek, but it smelled strange. There was a sour tinge on every strand that Gretchen couldn't quite place. Underneath that was the stale smell of smoke and char. Her stomach twisted. Gretchen pulled away, taking solace in the pine smell of floor cleaner over the smell of Abby's hair. Abby hadn't spoken a single word, but she was crying now. All thoughts of going to class went right out of Gretchen's mind. She laced her fingers with Abby's and led her best friend into the bathroom. Gretchen locked the door. She sat on the counter and nodded her head, silently giving her friend permission to speak. A gasp slipped from Abby's lips. Then, 
she started to sob. Gretchen asked what happened. Abby licked her cracked lips, took a deep breath, and described the night before. Abby had walked home from school. She lived a few blocks away and the weather was nice. Spring was sneaking in through the cracks of winter after a soft rain. She walked half a block when she saw something lying in the middle of the road. It was a book. More specifically, one of her books. Abby always covered all of her textbooks in brown paper and handwritten song lyrics in bright marker. She recognized her own handwriting. Abby checked her backpack, but everything was there. Nothing had fallen out. So she bent down to pick up the book and opened it. And there, on the inside cover, her name stared back at her. But how had it gotten there? Abby glanced around the street. There was no one around but the large oak trees. She shoved the book into her backpack and sped toward home. A snap of broken branches came from behind her. Abby froze. She couldn't tell how far away the sound was. Her panicked gaze flitted around the neighborhood. The click and drip of the sprinklers on the manicured lawns hammered strangely in her ears as she scanned the street. And then, just ahead, she saw a dark van with tinted windows. Abby just wanted to be home. She didn't want to think about how her textbook ended up in the middle of the street or who left it there for her to find. At best, it was an insensitive joke. But at worst, was she being stalked? Abby tried to tell herself she was imagining things when she fell to the ground. Suddenly, someone's breath was in her ear. She didn't have time to wonder how they'd gotten so close before she felt a hand slide against the top of her skirt. She screamed and spun around to come face to face with a boy from her homeroom class. Noah, Ned, something like that. He was saying something, but Abby was more focused on his grip as he dragged her toward the dark maw of his van. Abby's panic doubled. She pulled away from him, flailing and scratching, but he was too strong. So she lunged up and bit his neck. She felt his grip loosen slightly as he lifted his hand to his fresh wound. With blood dripping down her chin, Abby sprinted for the safety of her house. She screamed as loud as her lungs would let her as she ran, but no one seemed to hear her. Her hands shook violently as she forced her key into the lock, opened the door, and darted inside. She slammed it closed and peered out the window. Abby's mother was in the city until Thursday, and her father was with her mom's Pilates instructor in Cabo. She was alone. She ripped her phone out of her bag, finger poised over the nine button. But the more she thought about it, the more the story slipped from her fingers. Was she sure that the boy was trying to kidnap her? It seemed ridiculous to make such an attempt in broad daylight in such a busy suburb. But there were ways to deal with unwanted touch that didn't involve filling your mouth with blood. Abby's face went red with shame and confusion. She'd never had an admirer before, let alone a stalker. But her mother always told her that she was a pretty girl and that one day people were going to notice. She also said a lady had to know how to say no with grace. It was a matter of survival. 
Abby mounted the stairs, her chest still tight from an ordeal that may have only existed in her mind. She told herself sleep would solve everything. After some rest, she'd calm down. Her inner self would match her outer self, and all would be well. But now she was at school the next day, with hair that was as drained as her spirit. Abby admitted to Gretchen that what happened didn't feel real, but Gretchen insisted to Abby that her pain was real. It was painted on her face and streaked through her snow-white hair. Gretchen knew that, even if Abby didn't. Gretchen felt a white-hot anger building inside her. Sure, she didn't know how to deal with people like Abby did, but she did know what it felt like to be helpless in the hands of someone who wanted to hurt her. She'd resolved to never feel that way any longer, and she wasn't going to let Abby feel that way either. She bit her strawberry-glossed lips and turned to Abby. They were going to make sure Ned never hurt anyone again. Up next, Abby and Gretchen lay a trap. Listeners, if you love hearing about haunted places and their haunting histories, you'll love Parcast Network's newest original series, Haunted Places Ghost Stories. Haunted Places Ghost Stories premieres October 1st in its very own feed. Join host Alastair Murden as he retells the scariest, most hair-raising ghost stories ever imagined. These chilling tales were written by some of literature's greatest storytellers from all around the world, including Japan, India, the UK, even ancient Rome. Alastair brings to life stone-cold classics like The Kit Bag by Algernon Blackwood, a sinister account of a condemned murderer's final wish and the lengths he go to fulfill it. And The Miserere, a Spanish tale of a wandering musician who hears a terrifyingly beautiful song in a burned-out monastery and is doomed to capture its notes until he dies. New episodes air every week on Thursday. You can find and follow Haunted Places Ghost Stories free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, October is our favorite month and one of our busiest. So make sure to search Parcast Network in the Spotify search bar to see all our new shows. Now back to the story. At first, Gretchen hadn't known what to say. Her best friend Abby had just told her she'd been assaulted by a boy from their homeroom. Abby's parents were out of town and Gretchen's parents barely noticed when she snuck out. They were on their own. But Gretchen knew what Abby was feeling, and she was going to make sure Abby never had to feel it again. She had the boy's name, Ned Holmesby. That was really all she needed to take over. She rubbed Abby's back as she surfed through his social media profiles. Ned had an entire Instagram account filled with supposedly artsy photography. But when you looked closer, some part of Abby was in every photo. Brunette hair hid in the corner of the frame, a long, wide-hipped silhouette on the trail up ahead. There was even one shot where you could see the friendship bracelet Gretchen had given her in the fifth grade. Gretchen felt sick. Ned had been obsessed with Abby for years, and neither she nor Abby had any idea. But Gretchen had a solution even if it wasn't exactly in her wheelhouse. She asked to borrow Abby's phone. Abby handed it over with trembling hands. Gretchen's breath caught. 
She had no idea how to do this, but she had to try. She opened Instagram and sent Ned a DM. Simple at first, direct, a wink emoji. He responded with, hey. In Gretchen's mind, it sounded husky, content, the way the person who hurt her had sounded. Slipping into Abby's voice, she offered an apology for biting him in as few words as possible. Gretchen bit her own lip nervously. Abby's hand slowly covered hers. She took the phone from Gretchen and added a remark about the nice things Teeth could do, if he wanted, if he thought he could handle her. Gretchen's eyes were wide as she watched Abby work. She was a natural. Abby just smiled softly, saying she had read a lot of fanfic. Ned asked when he could see her. They sent him Abby's address. Gretchen picked up Abby's backpack and slung it over her free shoulder. Holding Abby's hand, she walked them out of the building long before the final bell. Gretchen traced the path that Abby had taken the day before, still holding her hand tightly. She had Abby point out where the book had been, where Ned's car was parked, and how far away she was from her house when the nightmare began. By the end of it, they both felt nauseated. Gretchen willed her discomfort away, distilling it into righteous rage. She would confront this boy. She would teach him a lesson. She would take care of Abby, since no one else would. As soon as they walked into Abby's empty house, Gretchen locked the door tight and looked out the window, keeping watch just as Abby had the day before. But this time, they knew Ned was coming. He had no idea what was awaiting him. Gretchen barricaded Abby in the master bedroom. She had her lock the door and the two worked out a series of knocks as a passcode. When Gretchen was sure that Abby was safe, she unlocked the front door and went to Abby's bedroom. Abby's dream was to be a successor to Lisa Frank and her room was no exception. Neon pinks, greens and purples were splashed on the wall, adorned by black dots and stripes to mimic animal patterns. Gretchen settled onto the rainbow-colored bed and made her preparations. She turned off the overhead light and left on a single lamp. She pulled a scarf over the top of the lampshade to give everything a soft, rosy glow. Then she laid on the bed, trying to figure out the best angle for facing away from the door. From the back, she and Abby were almost identical. Same style, same build, same hair. Well, same hair until recently. Gretchen panicked when she realized that Ned had probably seen white-haired Abby at school that day. If he saw brunette Gretchen on the bed, he'd know it wasn't Abby. Gretchen quickly rifled through a drawer and pulled out a blonde dime store wig that Abby had worn last Halloween. It didn't quite match her new look, but Gretchen hoped it would pass muster in the dim pink light. She reassured herself that soon, Abby would want to dye her hair back and the girls would match again. They'd put all this behind them when Ned was gone. Gretchen glanced at the alarm clock. In a short five minutes, he would walk through the unlocked front door and up the steps to Abby's room. Gretchen said a silent prayer that Abby would stay put. Ned's baritone voice came from the doorway. He was early. Gretchen was glad that Abby was already locked away. When he poked his head in the bedroom door, she raised one hand into the air, 
and beckoned him to come over. Immediately, she felt a hand slide to her hip. Gretchen wanted to puke. She hated that Ned felt he was entitled to Abby. She turned to look at him, eyes hard. She asked him if it got him off to touch people without asking. Ned went pale and pulled away, demanding to know where Abby was. Gretchen growled that he didn't get to hurt her again. Ned snapped back that if Abby felt that way, she should say it herself. He regretted surprising her, but he'd gotten hurt for his trouble. Now she was being a tease and a buzzkill. This wasn't Gretchen's business. That was all the confirmation Gretchen needed. She gave him a chance to show he learned something, but Ned didn't understand. He would never understand. None of them ever did, and that was why this needed to end. Gretchen reached under Abby's pillow and pulled out a kitchen cleaver. In one rapid motion, she raised the cleaver and brought it down on Ned's chest. Blood sprayed across the bedspread as the blade lodged into his flesh. Gretchen saw Ned's eyes widen and his hands start to twitch. She grabbed the cleaver and used all of her strength to pull it out of his body. Ned started to scream, so Gretchen brought the cleaver down on his face this time, sawing partway into his jaw. His scream gave way to desperate gurgles as blood pooled in the back of his throat. Gretchen should have stopped, but she was so angry. She pulled the cleaver out and brought it down over his eyes. Bone fragments flew towards her face as she hacked away. She wiped away what she could with her wrist. Ned was dead. He'd stopped moving. His face didn't even look human anymore. Gretchen stared at his greedy hands. She wanted to destroy them, but she had already ruined Abby's bedsheets. She could rip the fingers apart in the backyard when they carried the body outside. Gretchen padded across the hallway to Abby's parents' bedroom and knocked a rhythm into the door. Abby opened it. A blood-soaked Gretchen told her it was done. The girls stared at one another. One friend icy pale, the other bright red. Then Abby stepped forward and hugged Gretchen tight, the sticky blood smearing on her face and white hair. Gretchen pressed her forehead against Abby's in relief. Abby thanked her for being strong. They buried Ned beside Abby's mother's compost heap, adding a layer of fresh, fertile soil on top. When the deed was done, they cleaned themselves up. Gretchen tucked Abby in bed, assuring her that she was fine. They were both fine. It was over now. Gretchen threw the cleaver into a neighbor's garbage six blocks away and headed home. She showered, letting the warm water roll over her for nearly an hour. Then she realized a bath might actually be better. She filled the tub and watched the glittery bath bomb fizz. She spent the evening watching cartoons and painting her nails. And she slept like a baby. Gretchen met Abby at her locker the next day. Abby's eyes were still haunted, but her skin was moisturized and her makeup was a daring neon rainbow. Lisa Frank, eat your heart out. Abby smiled when she saw Gretchen. The two girls turned to saunter down the hallway together, 
hand in hand, both of them with hair white as snow. The phenomenon of stress or trauma whitening hair has taken up enough of our cultural consciousness to earn a medical term, kunishii subita. There are documented cases of traumatic events coinciding with the graying of hair over the course of a few months or a year. Overnight, not so much. We don't actually know a lot about how hair loses pigmentation beyond the fact that when the follicle stops producing pigments, the hair turns gray and then white. But this process moves too slowly to happen overnight. The only other possible explanation for sudden whitening is a rare autoimmune disorder called alopecia areata, where the body's immune system attacks its hair cells, leading to large-scale hair loss. Stress can make the condition much worse. In some cases, white hairs tend to hang on longer than pigmented ones, which could lead to the spooky appearance. The work of Nobel Prize-winning biochemist Robert Lefkowitz suggests that chronic stress can cause DNA damage, which can lead to signs of advanced aging, like graying hair. But the rumor that once hair can turn white in a matter of hours as a result of a traumatic event is more of an emotional truth than a scientific one. The white hair is a tangible form of trauma, a sign that someone endured something they couldn't fully take. So, maybe you shouldn't be scared of going gray in an instant. Instead, be scared of what could make that happen. Thanks again for tuning into Haunted Places. We'll be back on Thursday with a new episode. And don't forget to come back on Tuesday for our Urban Legends series, available only on Spotify. You can find more episodes of Haunted Places and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals like Haunted Places for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Haunted Places on Spotify, just open the app and type Haunted Places in the search bar. Until next time, don't believe some of the things you hear. Believe all of them. Haunted Places was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound designed by Russell Nash. With production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Haunted Places was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jennifer Rache. With writing assistance by Greg Castro. I'm Greg Polson. Don't forget to follow Haunted Places Ghost Stories for the spookiest thrillers ever imagined, collected from all around the world and all throughout time. Alastair Murden brings a new story to life every Thursday. Follow Haunted Places Ghost Stories free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>